is up, everybody? Thank you for coming to Teutonic Takes Recap. Um, this is a kind of a new show that we're going to go ahead and try to be doing. It's on Twitter Spaces, and if you have something to stay, uh, please request and, and go ahead and ask to speak. Um, I have Ivan and Jerry here with me, so definitely it's going to be a good time. Um, if you want to go ahead and speak, just ask. Um, my name is Fabian Rankle. I'm talking from the Teutonic Takes account, so my account's going to be there as a listener, but... Um, Fun game yesterday, right? Season opener. The whole fan base is ready for a real game, a real shot. Let's see what Almeida has cooked up in the preseason. And it looks like Hope we Spring unfortunately... Eternal. Yeah, we, we definitely blundered the opportunity. But um, Ivan, what's up, man? Thank you for coming on and taking the time to talk to us on Twitter Spaces. How are you feeling after yesterday's game? Well, you'll be able to see all my feelings. Something I'm going to try to do this season on MLS Multiplex, as well as Fabio Will on uh, SB Nation, is we're going to be writing more regularly about the San Jose Earthquakes on our respective platforms. And I just finished this morning. I submitted my reaction to this game. And I think what the organization of San Jose Earthquakes doesn't realize is how on thin ice they are for this season. Because... They don't have the safety blanket of Chris Wondolowski. People came to the games largely because they love Chris Wondolowski. That was a big reason people still came to the games last season. Uh, they're still coming to the games largely because, you know, if they're a fan of Matias Almeida from his previous stops at Chivas and, you know, Chofis as the still representative of that Chivas players contingent, that's another draw too. Uh, so you have to capitalize on these things and build a good team around these factors as well. And there was some excitement with some of these signings in the sense that we've shifted our focus on signing more players domestically, players like Jan Gregus, Francisco Calvo, Jamiro Montero, who have had plenty of MLS experience. And we've seen some of the benefits of that from the gameplay of mostly from Jamiro Montero yesterday. But seeing that it's still not going to be the total solution either and when it was really telling in this when the third goal scored by Tom Barlow that essentially iced the game at least 25% of the stadium felt like it might have been more left their seats they were either going to the exits or they were going down to some other place other than to watch the game uh, if if they were still in the stadium so That doesn't happen to every MLS team. A lot of MLS teams lose by multiple goals, but that doesn't happen to every team because it's not something that happens so often. But for unfortunately for San Jose Quakes fans and for the team, it has happened so often. Yeah, and and just looking at the around the league, I know we're almost halfway done with the you know MLS game day or the game days this week. Um, Sporting Kansas City lost to Atlanta United. Yes, Atlanta United is a stronger opponent from New York, um, but they both were MLS playoff teams last year, and they both were good teams last year. So it, honestly, yes, it's a bad defeat, but kind of looking at the other games around the league. We need to fix our problems first before we start worrying about where we are in the standings and if we're going to make the playoffs. So it, it, we do still have time. I know I hate to talk about, you know, having to throw away games because it's something where, um, you know, we should want to win every game or at least score one point in every game. But this is a, another home opener that Matias Almeida has lost. And it's it's been evident that this is what happens with Matias Almeida. We play preseason games where we're not playing MLS talent. 
the guys aren't ready. Um, the guys aren't used to the system. And it was evident this is a brand new system given it was working for the first 15 minutes. And then once our, you know, central piece, Nathan goes down, then the whole thing kind of goes upside down, right? The belly goes up of the, of the boat, right? It, it's something where the quakes need to be able to, you know, handle adversity and, and just, they just haven't. Um, before we go to Jerry and get his thoughts, I want to go ahead and tell you guys what our schedule is for today on this kind of Teutonic takes Twitter space. Uh, we are going to give our overall thoughts first and then what we would have changed and, is Almeida on the hot seat is after that. What players did good and bad? And then we'll have a time for you guys to go ahead and ask a question. But if you want to give your opinion on one of the topics that we're talking about, please request to speak and we'll, we'll throw you on and give you the opportunity to talk. Jerry, do you hear me? What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I hear you guys. Um, what's up? Hey, How's welcome. it going? Um, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, thank you for allowing me to you know, be part of this group and Allowing me to voice my opinion on here, and um, of course, and yeah, um, I agree with what you guys have mentioned so far. All the points, um, regards to you know, I know it's the first game of the season, but there are there are some things to look into and to be concerned about. Uh, I believe I mentioned this yesterday to you guys personally, but I think that the the all season between Matias Almeida and the front office did kind of um, affect the way they went into the season. And yeah. just looking at his um, just mental state, his um, character, his um, face, facial expressions. I think that, you know, he does look a little bit mentally checked out and yeah. I know that there has been some issues during off season and you could tell right away that it's affecting the the team and, so far how the season started yesterday and and there are some other concerns with um for the formation for me for me personally um i don't agree with some of the for um starters and yeah. the way he formed specific, specifically the defense i believe uh that has been the weakness last season and i think that it's still going to continue to be the weakness this season and if that's not fixed quickly then we might have some issues going forward, I believe. No, definitely. And, like, one of the biggest, biggest mistakes I think um, Matias Almeida made yesterday was not playing Marcos Lopez anywhere on the field. I know that's something that everybody's kind of talking about. Like, hey, we, you know, we have one of the best young talents of, you know, the, the South America. Like, why is he not even seeing the field? So, to me, I think he still has an injury. But some of the People at the stadium were saying that in warmups, he looked like he was perfectly fine. So to me, it's truly puzzling or or this could be happening as well. Maybe they have an offer on the table for him and they're kind of trying to see if they can live with life without him. That can be another possibility because to me, it seems totally puzzling that they're not starting one of their best players and one of the best left backs in all of MLS. Um, I don't toot his horn enough. I mean, I'm like one of the biggest I'm one of the biggest Marcos Lopez stands because I do sit here and watch the Peru games with my family. And I understand, like, dude, this guy's shutting down, like, Gabriel Zeus. I mean, like, Cuadrado, guys that are playing in Europe that are stars, superstars. And, of course, we could have used them to shut down Tolkien. Like, what's going on? And every goal that happened and came into this game, you could obviously see if there was wingbacks playing in the defensive position instead of all the way forward like Espinosa and Kate Cal were – we would have stopped a lot of those goals, but it just those goals came in because we didn't have any sort of outside backs playing this game. If you look at the heat maps, Calvo and Yule are all on the sides, and that was because of the game plan. But truly, truly think 
that this game was falls completely on Matias Almeida. Um, actually, let me take that back. 75 to 85% falls on Almeida and 15% falls on Chris Leach. The reason why is because when Nathan was on the field, it was working. It was completely working. The first 15 minutes, we did look like a competent team. Some, some, a team that was planning for what the first game entailed. Um, the, the, the game plan that the Red Bulls kind of came out with was, and they usually come out with, is they're going to press you through the middle. So the Quakes were kind of, I, I don't know why, but they were scared to go ahead and play through the middle when they, ha- they brought in you know, two guys, DP quality guys for your midfield. So it, it just it made it made no sense why we were playing. I guess we didn't want to you know get a real challenge with playing the Red Bulls and what they like to play. So we went we tried to go on the wings, but you know we never even said Kate Cal's name once this game. So it's it's truly truly puzzling what the tactics were. I'm only gonna percent put you know 15 percent of this loss on Chris Leach because we didn't have a Nathan backup and that was a big deal. Tanner Beeson came in, but he, he obviously felt uncomfortable on that side of the field. And, and given, I mean, he's a great young talent too, but he, he needs time to develop in other positions that he's not used to. So unfortunately, we saw kind of like all the things kind of happen and the Quakes lost 3-1 at home. But again, so did Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City lost 3-1 and, and they should be a, you know, a title contender. So it's not, it's not jump ship just yet. Uh, Jason, what's up, man? I saw you come in here, and uh, Jason's another person that's a part of Teutonic Takes. Um, what's up? Do you have any opinions on the game? And how, were you there at the game yesterday as a fan? What's up? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Damien? What's up? Um, I've been. I was there. Um, yeah, as a fan, you know, and I feel the exact same way. You know, watching it from watching it live, it felt it's like a different. You know, you get like a different perspective watching it live, and um, it's just puzzling to me how there's no outside backs. You know, there's no fullbacks, and it feels like each goal came from the liability of having no fullbacks on the field. And, you know, from, from a defensive standpoint, also Calvo was in attack so much, it felt like, that I don't understand what what we're trying to do from a possession standpoint. Like, it, um, there are many points in the game where where during the goal kick, um, Remedi and Yule are the two players trying to bring out like and then Calvo and Beeson are all the way pushed up as if they're fullbacks, which I just don't understand. It feels like we're trying to re- reinvent the wheel here, but it's not necessarily, you know, we're we're San Jose, like we're not we're not San Paoli at Marseille. Like this, you know, we're just trying to play good soccer. You're trying to get results right. here. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. You know. Well, I guess we gotta give Almeida a little bit of credit with, you know, wanting to go ahead and play something that is a little more different, something that's like. Uh, you know, the Dutch team or a Barcelona team under Pep, you know, having the ambition to go ahead and do that. So it is exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that this was our first game, but you know, it comes with training wheels, right? It comes with, you know, losses are going to come. Will, I saw that you're in here, man. Uh, Will, it was a Teutonic Takes personality last year, but I guess he, you know, he, he's in a Matias Almeida out camp and maybe he wants to say a couple of things. Will, what's up, man? Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Looks like um, Will. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Go ahead. Yes, I am definitely on the hatred of Matias Almeida. What do you, what do you have, what's your opinion? Yeah, so uh, for, for Matias Almeida to run three guys in the back, uh, 
uh, was definitely not the move. I think a lot of people on uh, reading comments on Instagram or Twitter, everyone I could see hated having three in the back. Um, and like you pointed out, not having Marcus Lopez out there, you know, I, I think it, it just hurt this team where we are, are short defensively and to lose Nathan during the game and not adjust our defensive, you know, strategy, I think, you know, goes on, you know, Matias himself. I mean, what are we trying to do to prove that we're trying to still have three in the back? Also trailing behind in the game to trying to think that was going to work. Also, I didn't like the substitution to put Haji in for Espinoza. I mean, I think Espinoza is one of our best players. I mean, he had that assist for Chofis' goal. I mean, I know we're not trying to run him out there probably for 90 minutes every single game, but, you know, for game one, he's healthy, he's fit. Um, to try to get a goal to tie the game was – I didn't think Haji was the right move at all there. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Will, for your opinion. And and I, I want to say this too, guys. We were in the game. Like Will said, Chofis Lopez had that goal. And then all of a sudden, I think we need – I need. I know I'm going to – this is a really big Teutonic take, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, but we need to start holding JT accountable. Like, yes, that he was doing a oh, stellar well. job, you know, doing a, doing a great job, you know, in the first half. But letting that goal in, it, it honestly feels like I'm watching Uruguay. Like, Musleta, Musleta is the goalie for Uruguay, and he does great saves. But then all of a sudden, he lets it a blunder, and it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, like, all of it goes to waste. Ivan, do you have something to say about that? Yeah, I think JT, you know, he had his good moments in the game. He could have done better, but I don't think – I'm not necessarily in the blame JT camp because I think the timing of the goals were absolutely awful by Sansa Earthquakes in which they conceded them. And I think a lot of that has to do with the team in front of JT as well. When it's 0-0 at halftime, the, every coach will tell you, okay – Maybe try to get a goal before half, but do not concede a goal. And what do they do? Patrick Klamala scores right before halftime. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Like, it's still got another half. Trophies managed to get an equalizer. And then the next goal conceded comes three minutes after that. So it's a focus thing, I think. And it really takes the wind out of the sails for the team because you fight so hard to stay in this game. You get back to a point like, okay, we're at least getting a point at home. And then three minutes after the equalizer, you can see another goal. And, you know, credit to the Red Bulls because, yeah. you know, it makes this loss to the Quakes a bit more painful. But for the Red Bulls, they were missing key players, two to visa issues and two to foot in injuries. And the man of the match for them was Omir Fernandez. So he's an up-and-coming young player for them in which they started many of them. Uh, John Tolkien, he was good on the flanks. Uh, Tom Barlow, he scored the decisive goal to clinch three points. He's another young player that they're using. The New York Red Bulls, they're in a very different identity from the Red Bulls team that we're used to seeing in, you know, yesteryear in MLS when they had stars like Thierry Henry, Rafa Marquez, Juan Pablo Angel, Tim Cahill. Right. Now that it's New York City as well, who more recently had the stars, but they transitioned away from that. And New York Red Bulls as well, that they are looking to, you know, try to qualify for playoffs in back-to-back -back seasons, something Quakes haven't done in ages. And they have a point to prove as well, because they saw New York City win the MLS Cup last season. Red Bulls were fired up. They played with a purpose. They got the win to start their season. And they don't want to continue to go on and on and on with an MLS Cup. Whether this core will be the one to do it, it's tough to know because they're relying on players like 
Caden Clark right now, who is going to eventually be back to Leipzig or some other club in Europe, right. you would think. But their project is working, and it's t- taken them seemingly less time and less effort, whereas the Quakes have tried to do so many different things over these last few seasons, including this one so far, and not much to show for it. Yeah, and guys, really quickly, I want to I wanna say thank you for all the input from everybody. Um, if you guys can take a second to share this so we can have more Quakes fans kind of listen to this Twitter space as well, that would be awesome. And all the speakers up here, guys, if you have something to say, please raise your hand. Um, there's an emote where you can raise your hand so I can know who to go to if they have some, uh, you know, something to say about the current topic. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty much it for – oh, Brian, there you go. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let on Brian and Oli talk about um, what they thought of the game, the initial thoughts. I'll go Brian first. All right. Brian, go ahead. Hey there. Yeah, we're here. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys' material. And uh, Thank just you. Want a couple compen- comments on the actual squad. So the idea that we're going for a specific style of play seemed to be really an accurate statement from a lot of the people on here. But when you have the personnel that we have, and when Nathan went out, it was very obvious that the system that Almeida had wasn't going to work without somebody that was doing the job Nathan was doing. So when you're in the front office and you're looking at players and you're scouting out players, why, what, where's the disconnect between what Almeida wants and what the club is going to pick up. Because if you're not looking forward to a whole season and you lose a key player at the very beginning of the season, then it's becoming an issue as the season goes on because, you know, face it, there's no honest goal scorers in that squad and Mm. there's no tried and true defenders that have a long history of being at the club and having success. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. That's why I, I agree with that statement that we do. I think this loss is a little bit on Chris Leach as well. I think it falls on Asmeda and as well as Chris Leach. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for your insight. Um, if you have anything to say again, please raise your hand. Oli, what's up, man? Go ahead and give us your thoughts on the game. What's up? Nice to uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, um, I was well, I wasn't able to catch the game last night, but I've poured over the highlights quite extensively to see what went wrong. And I yeah. think... D- defensively it was very poor at the back it was clear to me almost every time the Red Bulls attacked they were targeting Calvo who came here with a a reputation of of some slightly interesting interesting moments in defense anyway and it was clear that they were they were going after him but I I really don't see what Matias was doing in terms of the way the fact Marcus Lopez didn't play that really disappointed me right yeah because obviously he's one of our brightest young talents. Of course, obviously, Cal did play. But I mean, he still played out of position. And obviously, we need to nurture his development in such a way where we can sell him on one day because it's clear that he is a fantastic talent. Right. And I just thought, I sure was a bit disappointing, especially given this is an important season for us with a manager who doesn't particularly want to be here by the looks of things. Right. Now, obviously, now obviously Wando is gone. My thinking is we need to have an identity and make sure people are still coming through the door to watch the team and have a team that they want to go and see. And I'm a little bit worried after last night that that wasn't what we saw. Yeah, no, it, it is definitely a little scary. Thank you, Oli. Thank you for, for your, for your input, man. I really do appreciate Thank that. You. I know it's from across the pond, so it's late, right? Or it's early. <laughs> uh, it's, it's 20 past 11 at night currently. Oh, well, thank you Oli, for chiming in to giving us your thoughts. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, guys, Thank if, you. What, 
Yeah, of course, Oli. Um, so if you guys want to go ahead and uh, give an opinion, please go ahead and uh, wave your hands if you're a listener so I can add you as a speaker because it's going to I'm going to have to take off a couple of guys here and then add them back in to talk. But yeah, guys, I appreciate all all your insights. And and I know I see Will and Saz there kind of wanting to talk. But if you guys can take a quick second to share this so more Quakes fans can see it, that would be great. Um, let's go ahead and go with Saz first. Saz, what, what were your thoughts on the game? I know you were there with the fault liners. Um, but what, what was your vantage point and what did you see? Uh, yeah, I definitely had a lot of my own thoughts, clearly. Uh, I just got in here, so I'll, I'll keep it kind of to some of the main points because I don't want to repeat too much of what yeah. other people said. No worries. Potentially. Um, the first one is to go off that point with Calvo. Um, I, I, I feel like they were actually targeting, targeting uh, Tanner a lot of the time, and I feel two of the goals came from Tanner's side. Um, and I don't really think uh, Beeson, for anyone who doesn't know his first name, um, I don't necessarily think it was his fault, per se, on any of the goals. And obviously, JT messed up a little on the second one, or a lot. I mean, it was right in front of me for that one. Uh, it was, I, I'm writing a little piece on it right now, and the word that kept, com- kept coming up for me was scramble defense. It, I just feel the back three were really left hanging dry a lot of the time, because I feel like we were going for a high-risk, high-reward sort of system. And I, I just feel the back three didn't really have much or any chemistry. It seemed they all, if you look at the first goal, that really highlights it the most you can see from the highlights. It really shows that each of them have a very different style of playing center back. Jackson Ewell defensively didn't really know what he was doing too much yet. I think yeah, that too. He, yeah, I think offensively he helped us. But Calvo, who wanted to stay back a little bit more and was afraid to even press for the ball. And then Beeson, who kept a lot of people on side or was just out of position a lot of time. So I, I just don't think there was gelling there. And then it's, I think you made a great point uh, only about, earlier about just not really knowing what the offensive game plan was. Uh, I I really got an early sense of just it was kind of free roaming, kind of seeing what was happening, what was going to go. I like the three new signings. I feel like they were all putting in a shift, but I felt like Montanero and, or Montero and uh, Chofis were just going all over the place trying to create something. And just we didn't have that final third and it was a lot of chaos. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, go ahead. no worries. No worries. Yeah. I appreciate your, your insights as thank you. And um, guys, uh, I mean, to be honest, I thought we had a little too many midfielders out there. Right. But this is the problem we're going to have all season long. We didn't hear the names of Cade Cowell or Jeremy Bobsey too much. Um, Jeremy Bobsey guys had a couple of good chances. I want to say half chances, right? Maybe he puts one of those on frame and, and gets a goal in, but, like, like I'm saying, this is this is a game that could have been tied at least. It could have been tied. Maybe we didn't give up that goal right after the Chofi's goal or the goal right before the you know halftime, and which always kills us. The goal right before halftime. It reminds me of the Minnesota United game where Boxall kind of gets this weird goal in, and it was kind of the same thing. Um, but again, the way the goals came was we we were you know they pressed in the midfield. And then the ball, you know, goes straight through our defense because our both of our center backs are actually going to the sidelines to try to play opposite of what they want to play, which is go through the sidelines. And the other in the Red Bulls wanted to play go through the middle. So we truly, truly should have went ahead and, and you know, maybe played them to what they wanted to play. And, and with our new midfield with John Gray Goose and, and Montedo, and Montedo was playing great. I mean, he was the only one really doing fast passes and, and trying to do things through the middle. We possibly could have done something. Well, let's go ahead and keep this short, if you can, and brief. But I want to get your opinion. Uh, 
you, I know you have raised your hand there. So if you want to say something, please go ahead. So now we'll move on to the next topic afterwards. Will you there? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, just keep it brief. Um, I just wanted to just like you know mention like where where is the adjustment going in uh, you know Matias's mind? You know we lose Nathan about like I think thirty minutes into the game. Tanner comes in, and you can see that he was just you know out of place. You know most of that time the the beginning of that first half, and it's why why during halftime I know we're chasing the game at this point. But where is the adjustment on defensively to try to you know figure this out where we're not going to be conceding two more goals like we did? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Thank you, Will. We we appreciate your insight there. Um, so the next topic is for you guys. Um, with everything that's happened this last game and the off season, I know we have no say in this, but for you, is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? So I personally think if you have an opinion, you can raise your hand or you can wave your hand to see if you want to speak. Um, this is what I think. I think he's not on the hot seat yet. I think he deserves a couple of months or a month to get this new foundation going. I think um, we, we're going to be able to go ahead and see um, if, if we can get some wins. We have Columbus coming into town next week, which is another Eastern Conference team. So He's kind of getting a second preseason with these Eastern Conference teams because they're really not six-point swings. They're not the, you know, they're teams that you're not going to play in the playoffs unless you reach the MLS Cup, which, to be honest, we should have done in the preseason. We should have played teams like Orlando, Inter-Miami, or maybe not Inter-Miami, but the teams in the East that we're not going to play this year, or maybe, you know, like a Cincinnati, because Cincinnati lost 5-0 to Austin, right? I mean, we could have used the, a real confidence boost in MLS, um, but... We'll go ahead and go to Saz straight up. Uh, Saz, what do you think if Matias Almeida is on the hot seat? Guys, if you're in the listeners, uh, please you know, wave your hand if you have an opinion, and we can add you as a speaker. Thank you. Uh, I don't think he's in the hot seat, but I think he really wants to be in the hot seat. I just I, – I think he's a little fed up with everything. I think he's giving it his all. I really, I really do. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, he looks unmotivated. He doesn't look like he's doing that. So he can't be given his all. I think that is his all. I think we have just drained him of all right. yep. a lot of things. I mean, like even I think there was a report in the 70th minute a fan was yelling at him, like, and then yeah. a little screaming match with him. Yeah, and um I wanna I wanna talk about that real quick. Um the fan um there's there's an account out there that's saying that Matias Almeida took it farther and went to go confront the guy. But I, I try to do some research on that account. It's a, They're following 57 people, and they don't have any followers. So to me, it just looks like a spam account or maybe someone's uh, burner account, and they just want to cook up something. So definitely don't don't pay any respect to that. Until we get a video out, definitely Matias Almeida doesn't seem like the guy, especially because he coached in Mexico to confront a fan in San Jose, guys. Let's, let's, let's keep our kind of imaginations at bay. Uh, Will, I saw you raise your hand. What do you think? Is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. I know that people are speaking. Um, no, unfortunately, he's not on the hot seat, but I feel like he definitely should be. Like he, I know Seth said been playing live for this. Will, Will, well, um, you're, my guy, you're, you're cutting out. Let's let's um, let's go to someone else first, and then I'll come back to you, okay? I think your, your connection might have cut out a little bit there. All right, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, there you go. Try now. Try now. Hello? Are you there? Yeah, unfortunately, Will, it looks like you're cutting out still. Um, Jerry, go ahead and uh, give your opinion. Is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? Oh, let me see. Oh, there you go. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I muted everybody. <laughs> go ahead. That's all good. Um, yeah, I agree with pretty much what Saz was saying. Um, 
he's not on the hot seat yet, but it seems like he wants to be. We all know that his contract is up and he will most likely will be gone after the season, which, yeah. um, which makes me believe that, you know, um, like I said, his, his expressions to say it all. And I think that, you know, what happened during the off season is a big part of it, but I really hope that Matias, you know, is able to get a little bit more positivity yeah. out there and re- re- relate that to the players because I feel like um, if it's not, then I'm afraid that this will be a, a sinking ship by midseason for sure if things don't change. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry, for your insight. Yeah, so guys, um, the question now is, is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? If you can, go ahead and uh, share this uh, Twitter space with all your friends because we're going to wrap this up around the one-hour mark. So once it goes to 9 o'clock, or actually in my area, it's 9 o'clock, but for you guys, it's 4 we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up. So let's keep all the things brief because we have a lot of people that want to say something. Ivan, um, go ahead. What do you think? Is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? Um, If this were another club, potentially in another league, I would look at these next three games. We host Columbus Crew, and then we go on the road to Philadelphia and Minnesota. There's a realistic chance we lose all those four games, including this one. And – in the Premier League, that's definitely cause for a sack. And probably Liga MX as well. But in MLS, especially for Santa Earthquakes, they're not really trigger happy. And they like to take their sweet time with appointments of personnel. So, plus, knowing that Matias Almeida is one of the draws for a portion of our fan base to come to games. And they already know he's out the door anyway. It's. I feel like they're going to be a little bit too apathetic and they might wait a bit too long if the results don't go as planned. But I think that, you know, when I was hearing uh, Almeida out um, from fans on social media as I was leaving the game and checking my phone, I thought, okay, maybe we're getting a bit too, uh, you know, too soon for that. But then I gave it some time to too think about happy. Like, yeah. Okay. Maybe there is yeah, some no. valid points here. I think there's valid points, but I think it's a little too soon in this season. Because if we're if we gave him a chance, right? If we didn't honestly, if we didn't ship him off to LAFC for some sort of gam and tam, or maybe uh, Mark Anthony K, you know, it's it's like okay, well, let's give him a shot. Because if we fire him, we still got to pay him the rest of this, the season. So um, it, it's definitely something to be intrigued. You know, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, it looks like maybe he's trying to get fired or, or, or I don't think he's the type of person. And I know um, I, I, ha- I have my friend here, Carlos, that has spoken to Matias, you know, many times. And he, on his on his interviews, he doesn't seem like a person that would want to do like that. He's a very philosophical person and it would it would truly hurt his, you know, person. Right. It would hurt his 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 ethics to kind of quit on a project that he took on. Um, but uh, I. A, I know you're in here and you wanted to speak. You asked to speak. A, are you there? Do you have an opinion on if Matias Almeida is on the hot seat? Hey, What's up, man? can you Welcome. hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no kind of just really quickly adding to everybody else's point. Um, again, I, I don't think uh, he wants to be fired. I don't think that's something he necessarily wants to do. I do think there's a part of him that's kind of resigned to finding success here, and he's hoping that maybe the team and him work something out. 
Mm. That's that's kind of what it feels like given um you know his statements at the start of the season and then kind of his demeanor just in general. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. It, it almost seems like they you know they want to put him or he wants to get in a situation where the team maybe pays him for the rest of the year and then he can find a, a better situation than what he right, has right or, or collaborates with a different team to buy him out. Yeah. That that could be that could be too. Thank you. Thank you A for your insight. We appreciate that, man. No, All you. right. Yeah, of course. Um, guys, I, I'm going to be going ahead and uh, taking off speakers so more people can talk. So don't don't feel bad that I took you off a speaker. Just wave your hand again. And I'll add you right back. I'm going to do like a cycle of speakers. Um, so, yeah, is Matias Almeida on the hot seat? Brian, what's your take on this? What's your Teutonic take? Hey, yeah. Uh, so Matias's history with the previous clubs down and up, he doesn't quit on things like that. He likes to push through, but also – in his history, he's got players that fit the systems that he want to play. So yeah, in yeah. a franchise system like we have in MLS, they're not going to fire a guy like him, and he doesn't want to quit either. I honestly don't think he's looking for jobs anywhere else. I don't think he wants anybody to buy him out. I do think that he is planning for the future because all those reports came out about other clubs wanting to pick him up. But, uh, you know, it's sinking ship or not, it's not going to really matter because the club's not going to go anywhere. And that's my take. Yeah, yeah, I mean – Guys, again, there's no relegation, so so it's something where we can truly, you know, I know I hate to say it as fans, but there, I mean, at the end of the day, this club, if it's still profitable, it will still move forward. Um, but thank you guys for all your takes, and uh, please share this on your on Twitter so we can get more fans in here. Um, the next topic that we're going to be talking about is actually what players did you guys think was the best player on the field and the worst player on the field for the Quakes. So if you have an opinion for this. Um, this is more like an I take or I, you know, I test, or if you want to bring in like fault mob or, or analytics, please go ahead and, um, and, and see what, what players was the best player for you and what player was the worst player. I'm going to go ahead and start with Ivan. Ivan, who did you think the best player on the field was for the quakes and the worst? You there? Ivan? Um, okay. Yes. So I'm not going to be too creative with this one. I think uh, Pamira Montero was the best player on the field, but I'm going to give some brief credit to um, uh, Jeremy Obisi, not because he had a good game, but because he's done something that I've seen quick strikers who have gotten a lot of game time in the past doesn't do. They were, you know, showing effort. They are showing hustle. They were creating in shots, even though none of them really troubled Carlos uh, Coronel. Uh, I do think that if he can stay healthier than Danny Huizen has in the past, and if he continued to appear more effective than Andy Rios and start to convert from those chances, I think that trade from the Portland Timbers will work out in our favor, just didn't in this game. Yeah, and I know I know, we all know he's going to score a goal soon, but I believe Jeremy Bobasi is on one goal in 13 matches, which is not something to be too proud of, but it's going to come soon. Um, we actually have a special guest here. Um <laughs> This is this is gonna be a you know a Teutonic takes first, but um, <laughs> but Hugo Perez, what's up, man? I know you're from Redwood City, or you're 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 accustomed to um, the Bay Area. Um, I know a lot of guys in the Bay kind of. Res- oh, I guess he doesn't want to talk. He got kind of scared. So let's go ahead and uh, go to Jason. Jason, what did you think the best player on the field is and the worst? Yeah, I mean, with the best player on the field, I I agree with Ivan. He was Montero. I mean, you could see his ability on the ball. You know, he was only dude to like trying on the field, well, along with Chofis. Um, 
Yeah. But you know, I I personally was to speak on Ebovsi, I personally was disappointed with what I saw from him, not because of his hold up play, his ability to, you know, hold up the ball, which I think that was always one of his strengths coming to San Jose before coming to San Jose. But yeah. I was on that side of field on the second half and some I felt like there was like five or six times where there was a, a time where Espinosa or Chofis could uh, could whip in across but it felt like I was it felt like um Ebobasi wasn't making the right run because what I saw from Ebobasi I was really disappointed how he just nonchalantly would jog behind Aaron Long which I don't see what the point is because Aaron Long is one of the best you know aerial defenders in MLS and I didn't I was just disappointed with the fact his runs, the timing of it. It felt like he wasn't. It felt. It just felt nonchalant from the whole standpoint of it, and that was just what well, that just disappointed me as a whole from my overseas game yesterday. Not saying he was the the worst player on the on the pitch, mm. but that that just disappointed me a lot. Awesome, thank you, Jason. I appreciate your intake, uh, or kind of like your your takes for us. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and go to A. A, what's up, man? Welcome back. What, what did you? What, who thought? Who do you think was the worst player? Who do you think was the the best player on the pitch? Um, worst player is kind of hard to tell. I mean, obviously, everyone was saying Eric Calvo was obviously being targeted. Yeah. That said, um, you know he's new to the team, so I want to give him a little bit of uh, uh, not be so hard on him. You know. Yeah. No, definitely. The 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 more I think about it, despite the second goal, I think, you know, kind of being a blunder on his part. I think JT was the best player for the game. Yeah. Uh, no, I think for sure there was moments it could have been four goals. I no, definitely agree. I think uh, JT definitely stopped us from having a 5 nil defeat. Yeah, but in the same vein, right, <laughs> we did still have a defeat. So, no, but I, I agree. I agree. He, he definitely could have been the man of the match for us. And, hey, who was your worst player of the game? You know, I was, I was there for the second half on our side where we were shooting. Mm, to be honest, even from that from that viewpoint, I'd still say Eric Calvo for as long as he was playing. I don't remember he got subbed out. Yeah, yeah, Fra Francisco Calvo. Yeah, he he definitely didn't I mean, have Francisco the best. Calvo, you're right no, no, that. no worries, man. No worries. He's, he's new. Don't 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 worry about it. Um, yeah, but Calvo definitely was getting targeted, and maybe a lot of the things that Chicago fans were saying and the Minnesota fans were saying may be a little true. But maybe Matias Almeida can get the most out of him. But I felt like. On defense, they were targeting Calvo and Cade Cowell. So that left side, they were definitely targeting the whole time. Um, because, I mean, I never saw Cade play defense once. And, and guys, I'm the biggest Cade Cowell fan, and I didn't see him play defense once. So it was it's something it's something that it, it, tactically just – I think the worst player on the pitch, and he wasn't even a player. To me, it was Matias Almeida. I think this this loss is mostly on Matias Almeida. Uh, Jeremy Abobasi kind of – you know, I f felt maybe he should have got one on, on frame. But I think the worst player or the worst coach on the field was definitely today, Matias Almeida. And he himself should have, you know, took a little bit of blame on the press conferences. But as you can see um, on the press conferences, he didn't take any of the blame. He thought, you know, they played well and he was going to check the tape and learn from it. Uh, Berto, what's up, man? I know you, you requested to speak. We're going to have you speak in a second. Um, but yeah, guys, if you have anything to say and you want to come on to talk, please uh, wave your hand so I can kind of you know bring you on to speak or uh request to speak but if you have a second please go ahead and follow all of the speakers here uh our main objective at Teutonic takes is to grow the san jose earthquakes fan base and with all the content that i make fave and wrinkle that's me uh ivan jason J jerry and saz and will all the guys here at Teutonic takes and all the fans 
you know, giving takes on this show, we appreciate it. And it, it goes a long way if we grow this community bigger and stronger because as a collective, we make we may spark change in this whole kind of earthquakes, you know, world. So definitely thank you guys for all your takes. And um, uh, we'll go ahead and ask Berto, uh, you came up here and asked to, to, to speak. Do you have an opinion on who the best and worst player on the field was yesterday? Uh, hello, can you guys hear me? Yeah, what's up, Berto? Okay, How you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, from the game, honestly, I, w- I was pretty disappointed, like, on uh, how I made the kind of, like, put us out there. I feel like the big problem was the midfield, and you could definitely see when when Red Bulls were, you know, attacking us. Like, we, they dominated us the whole time, couldn't get any service. Uh, I personally wanted to see Jackson in the midfield just because, you know, we needed more more hold-up play and just more No, definitely. As well, yeah. and um, I know on social media a lot. I saw Calvillo getting um, uh, like uh, Calvo? Yeah, yeah, Calvo. Calvo. He yeah. got um, a lot of tags, and I understand like um, he is new, but I also do feel like Almeida should do a better job to kind of assist them as well, because you yeah. don't want to just throw him out there and be like, "All right, man, go do your job." But you know, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't really. He needs the. He needs help. You know, it's not fair to just like throw him under the bus when everything goes bad, but. Yeah, technically, I feel like we were really, really off yesterday. Hopefully, uh, we switch it up a bit for Columbus because I know Columbus is going to be a really hard game as well. So, hopefully, to see some change in the next game. Awesome. Thank you, Berto. We appreciate your your takes, man. That's 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 a great point. If Marcos Lopez was out there, he definitely could have helped out Cabo. Again, Marcos Lopez is one of the best left backs of the game. So, definitely, we should have we should have had him out there. Ivan. Uh, if you want to quickly wrap it up, who do you think your best and your worst players were? Ivan, you there? So I already said my best player. Uh, I would say the worst player for me, um, other than Calvo, I, I do want to think that uh, Gregush was kind of a non-factor in this game. And watching the game yeah. in real time, I thought Gregush was, you know, he had moments where he was contributing, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad we got this guy. But then, ultimately, he's just got lost in the action a little bit. And I think that, you know, it's one of those moves where, okay, we got Hamir Montero to shore up the midfield and provide more attacking through the midfield. And Francisco Calvo, we had to get a center back. We needed defensive cover. But John Gregus, he gives us a lot of what we already have in some of our other midfielders. And I hope he can prove me wrong. And I hope that he can contribute because he's a good player that he's been representing his national team uh, in recent years. But, you know, I just didn't see too much. And I also did want to mention that Columbus Crew, our next opponent, they convincingly beat Vancouver Whitecaps, a team that for the life of us, we couldn't beat when we needed points against them at the end of last season. So Columbus Crew, they're not going to be an easy team. So, you know, we have to be prepared to play a lot better. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's it's something that I'm going to be a little worried about the attendance, to be honest. The team... It's another home game, but it's another Eastern Conference game. It's a, it's right after this big loss at home for our opener. I'm going to be a little worried about attendance. So if you guys are in here, please show up to the game. The players are going to need your support. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to the next topic. Uh, thank you guys all for your, your takes on the best and worst players. Um, but 
let's go ahead and give this last 10 minutes to fan questions. Um, I went ahead and removed some speakers so we can get more speakers in to ask some questions. So please, if you guys have some questions, uh, go ahead and wave your hand in the space and I'll bring you up and request you to talk. Ivan, Jason, while we're going ahead and um, you guys there, uh, Ivan, go ahead and, and tell me what did you think about the game? Hello, you guys there, by any chance? Sorry about that. Ivan, what did you yeah, think about so, the game? Sorry, connection issues. Yes, yeah. I am here. I also wanted to turn it over to I want to turn it over to Saz since he has hand up. All right, perfect. Saz, go ahead and talk. Thank you, Ivan. Uh, I actually just wanted to build off your last point of saying fans need to come to the stadium. Uh, that, and then that also was kind of my best and worst moment. Uh, the best moment, the fault liners actually were super nice to me personally, uh, being super just friendly and inviting people in. Uh, even, I know, not just me, a bunch of other people in. And they actually got a giant extension to their fan section. Uh, I would also say the worst part of the game or the disappointment was the fans as well who decided to then come over to that section and two physical altercations had to be stopped and people had to be escorted privately outwards. I just want to remind everyone, yeah, we get frustrated, especially when our team's not doing well, which happens a lot here. But we all are, at the end of the day, supporting one team. So let's try and do that together. And again, they're going to need our support versus a team like Columbus next week. So let's make sure we're all cheering for the team and for each other next week. All right. Thank you, Saz. Thank you so much. Sorry, guys, for the connection problem there. But if you guys have fan questions, wave your hand or request to speak. We'll go with Danny first. Danny is a friend of mine. He's from Canada, and he's Uruguayan. But maybe he has a good insight on the Quakes. Danny, what's up? Welcome. You there, Danny? Well, if, if Danny's not there, maybe we go to Oli. Oli, what's up, man? Welcome back. Hi. I, I just wanted to, uh, wanted to ask where you think we still need to improve before the end of the, the transfer window. What positions still need to be brought in if you think we'll make any moves at all? Yeah, perfect. Sure. Thank you so much, Oli. Thank you for your question. Um, after yesterday's game, personally, I think <laughs> seeing Nathan go down, we're going to need that right right center back. We're definitely going to add need to add a center back. Unless Agron can go and play, um, I think that's the topic of discussion for the next coming weeks, right? If, if um, you know, Nathan goes down with the ACL and he's out for the season, very, very unfortunate because he was our kind of like our staple in the back. So definitely – unfortunate um and if anybody has something to say about well, this, my, mic, my mic was off yeah go, go ahead danny go ahead um i just think the quakes need more uruguayans <laughs> i agree i agree i appreciate that danny uh thank you so much i think we may maybe a, a you know uruguayan center back that we had before uh so, you know the guy from peñarola he's, he's blanking right now but uh maybe quakes we bring him back Berlin. yeah yeah he, he's in second division spanish league but i appreciate that uh, Ivan, do you have anything to say? Or Jason, what, what would you want to go ahead and bring on to this club? Uh, we'll go ahead with Ivan first. So, I, real quick, I do want to mention that the New York Red Bulls uh, did something that you're not going to like, uh, Danny or Fabi. Uh, on their unused substitutes, defender Lucas Monzon, uh, that sucks. Uh, you know, it's always nice to see Uruguayans in MLS play. I know you guys are really fan, big fans of them, so – you know, that was unfortunate, but I think I'd like to see a fourth the back and that would make more sense to then bring in another right back. I think we saw a little bit of Tommy Thompson play off the bench and we didn't see Paul Marie come on, but I do think that there are nice options to have and like they could start like a decent amount of games, but as for like 
a player you can envision starting 34 games in an MLS season and competing at a higher level, I do think that we do need to bring another player in. And But this is all contingent on playing a formation with actual fullbacks. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. It's important that we get a, a sure, sure of that back line. I know Matias Almeida was saying that we don't need uh, another right back, which is crazy, but I mean, after this game, I think definitely right back or a center back is something we need to bring in or both, right? Uh, I saw Ruan play the person I wanted to come from Orlando City, and he had an assist to Pato today, so he played a great game for Orlando, and that was somebody we probably could have got with some Gam and Tam. And remember, guys, we have Gam and Tam to spend because we have extra Gam and Tam from the league, so definitely something we can bring in interleague talent for sure. Uh, Jason, what's up, man? Uh, What do you think? needs to be filled in this roster and what player would you like to bring in this roster jason you there yeah go ahead yeah say the answer the question again no worries no worries if you're busy uh what player would you like to bring into this roster or what what position into the 11 or... yeah or or like from the transfer window oh you know i mean yeah personally i would like to see like you know to build on what ivan says you know i think we need fullbacks because it's Felt like you know we have Marcos Lopez on the left, and then we just need another right back if Tommy Thompson is going to play in the midfield. But yeah, yeah it just felt like we needed a full fullbacks yesterday, given how the formation we played and how we had no defensive structure. Perfect, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And I don't think we're there yet, but if J if JT makes two or three more of those blunders this year, we definitely may have to look into another uh, another kind of another goalie if need be i mean he's still our goalie for the future but maybe he needs a little more of a competition battle in that goalkeeper spot so he plays to his best abilities as well um guys we're kind of wrapping this up we're in our last 10 minutes of the show but if you can go ahead and give everybody a follow um that's speaking on here again our main objective is to grow the community so um if we're all connected we grow stronger uh but yeah guys if you have any fan questions please please come go ahead and come up I'm going to add some speakers here. Um, let's see how this works out. Um, I have El Paraja. Paraja. El Parajo Goleador. What's up? Welcome to the show, man. Do you have anything to say about the earthquakes? Or maybe let's... Yeah, what's up, El Parajo? Or El... Yeah, Parajo Goleador. What's up? Jade, hey, hi there. Uh, I didn't get to watch the game. Hey. I just have a quick question. I was wondering yeah. if uh, Gilbert uh, Fuentes uh, is playing for San, Ho- San Jose Earthquakes or, or yeah. So Gil- yeah, great question. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Gilbert Fuentes is is actually still on the roster. Last year he he went he was loaned out to Austin Austin Bold, so it's the second division in U- uh, USL. Um, but this year he's currently still on the roster, but he didn't play. Um, it, it, this midfield is so jam packed that it looks like. He's not going to play this year, so the best option for Gilbert is to go ahead and and make a loan move or maybe a permanent transfer out of the club. It was known that maybe Matias Almeida wasn't the biggest fan of Gilbert and maybe got in a couple of conversations with him where maybe Gilbert wasn't bought into it as much as you know Matias Almeida wanted, but that's all kind of speculative. Um, but yeah, he did not play yesterday, and I don't think he will play. Um, for a little while because we brought in three more midfielders or two more midfielders this offseason, and it doesn't seem like it. Uh, Michael, I added you as a speaker. You're right. Um, if you want to go ahead and talk. Yeah, go ahead, right, Ivan. Real quick. Yeah, you're right. Technically, we did bring in uh, a third midfielder if you want to include Will Richmond, but I will also include Richmond yeah. along with a few other players, noticeably 
we haven't loaned any players out. There's no players out on loan for the San Jose Earthquakes. And with the USL Championship season starting this weekend, that is a little bit concerning because I don't see how everyone's going to get game time. And there's a few players, like one mystery box for me is still George Asimani, where like we haven't seen him at all. So like we need to loan him out among with a few others. Perfect. Thank you, Evan. And we appreciate your your uh, your question there, uh, El Paraco Goleador. Thank you um, for coming on the show and asking. Um, I just went ahead and uh, get a, a couple last questions in here. I, I want to make sure that we can um, we can go ahead and get them in before the one hour mark. Michael, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Do you have something to say about the game or a question? Yeah, yeah. I just I just kind of wanted to uh, put in my my quick two cents. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matias alluded to, you know, watching the film after the game. I don't think there's very much film to watch. I think this is one of the ones that you take the tape, you bury it, you never bring it up again because there isn't a whole lot of positives that came out of yesterday. Um, we had our na- former national team member, you know, he's kind of always in January camp talks um, in Jackson Yule playing center back. That right. right there shows exactly what to expect from this from this team as a fan as, as a fan i'm saying this this is this is what i'm expecting from this team that we're gonna have a lot of guys play out of position this whole entire year to try to fit fill in holes that are much bigger than what we think for us to try to get by and i, I think that's the story of the of the team i don't think matias is on, is on the hot seat by any means i think he's gonna finish out this year with the team i think he'll, he'll be here and he'll go, go ahead and he'll go somewhere else after the year uh, it just it's crazy it's crazy to see an off season where a coach has so much negative things to say about a club and still returns. I mean, look at any any other type of franchise, NBA, NFL, uh, MLB. Even look at you know the the Premier League, La Liga. What coach would have that much of a leash to to pretty much rip apart ownership, rip apart you know everything that the franchise has tried to help them out with? And still be invited to come back, you know, at the start of the next year. So, I mean, it just, I mean, I, I, I don't think we have a very exciting season on our hands. I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm a diehard Quakes fan, and it just, it's tough to see this club be in this type of position. Um, but you know, it just, we, I, I'm personally, I think our best player yesterday was was Nathan, and he played what 15 minutes. And, yeah. And the, the, there goes, there goes our, our probably our best player that was starting at his actual spot. Everybody else is kind of playing out of position. So, you know, it just, we can't, I don't think we can really expect the world from these guys this year. Not saying that this, this team isn't talented, but it just, it's hard to, you know, you know, you got to put yourself in those, those shoes. As a player, you're hearing all these rambles throughout all of the off season about what your coach is saying and what he's not saying. Is he going? Is he staying? And, you know, when, when a coach is putting everybody on blast for how he's not getting the type of players he is, as a, as a player, you have to think that, wow, this, this guy has absolutely zero confidence in me or he has zero confidence in the people that are around me. And he wants me to buy into that. And he wants me to buy into that for 34 games. There's no way that this team is, is level-headed as what we think they are. So I, I think that you know we have, we're going to have a very big gut check this coming weekend against Columbus. Yeah. This might may very well be one of those games just you know, a la Portland a couple years ago when we were kind of in the dumps, and we came back, and we we put up three on Portland, which was near the top of the Western Conference, I believe, at the time. And you know, we started a little bit of our winning streak at you know starting that game. 
this could have very, very well been one of those games. Matias has been able to bring out the best out of this team in certain points throughout the last three years. But do I honestly think we're going to we're going to have one of those breaking points to where we are able to progress and and able to kick off something special? I don't I don't know, and I personally don't see it because you know, seeing from what I saw against Red Bulls, we are very lucky it was only three one. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for your opinion and, and, and all your takes on that. Um, guys, quickly, if you haven't followed all of us here at Teutonic Takes or all the fans that are speaking here today, we truly appreciate if you go ahead and follow us and keep up to date with our our kind of our content and everything that we put out. My name again was Fabian Rankle. I'm talking from the Teutonic Takes account today um, because unfortunately I wasn't able to go ahead and, and talk on my own because I have to film this on Teutonic Takes. But Please feel free to follow us, guys. And uh, we have one last question. Let's keep it really brief. What's up, Stay Mackin? Uh, thank you for coming on to talk. I want to make sure we quickly get your uh, your question or comment in. Yeah, well, Michael actually nailed it on the spot. I was going to ask why Yuli was <laughs> playing on center back. Yeah, yeah, it was something that we uh, that they were trying out for sure because they wanted. I think they wanted the long diagonal ball from on the field, but it's kind of you know fixing a place where you can put in you know players to kind of fit into the, the pitch right you have so many midfielders you got to find a place to put them on the pitch but um guys thank you so much we're going to be doing this for you know the future we're going to be doing a lot more twitter spaces so please please share this with your friends we're going to be this is recorded so if you guys want to go ahead and uh, get, get, uh give it a listen right afterwards please do and it will also be on youtube so if you guys want to go ahead and um you know like and subscribe and follow and do all those things and help us with quakes content Please do. We also have a Patreon. If you guys want to help support uh, making graphics and, 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 you know, providing content isn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't cost, it does cost things. So if you want to, please, please support us. Uh, Ivan, go ahead. If you want to say something, one last thing. Yeah. So one last thing. I've... So I did mention the next game was on the uh, Saturday, March 5th against uh, Columbus crew. That'll be at 2 30 PM Pacific, 5 30 PM Eastern. And that'll be, you know, as all MLS games will be, if you're out of market, it'll be on ESPN Plus and it'll be on NBC Sports California. So if you feel like, okay, I'm not sure about going to this game, we really hope that you can come to this game. But if not, those are your options for how to watch it as well. Yeah. And um, another thing I forgot to say, guys, uh, we do have a, a, a Quakes 2 coming. Thank you, uh, Andrew uh, Levers, for going ahead and, and letting us reminding me that. We do have a Quakes, too. So if, if a player doesn't get loaned out to, you know, a U USL kind of team, we do have Quakes, too, guys. Don't forget, uh, we can support that team. Maybe we can win the, uh, you know, the Quakes, too, or the MLX Next Pro Championship. So definitely something to be, you know, happy for. But, again, guys, thank you I so mean, much I for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So it, it's something new. So we have to go ahead and, uh, and, and definitely get ready for it. But thank you guys so much. It was a whole bunch of fun. Um, I, I had a blast and I hope we have this much support for the rest of the season because we'll be doing this more often. But thank you guys so much again. Share this with all your Quakes fans or your Quakes friends too. And go ahead and, and follow us, all of us here, everybody that's in here so we can keep the conversation going. But all I have to say, guys, is thank you. Quakes.